Carden. Blair. Okay. Episode four zero. Four zero. We Made did it. it. Yep. Forty. Forty. Forty card. Kind of believable actually, because we it feels like we just started. <laughs> yeah. Like forty yeah. weeks ago. It feels well, like we just got I, I think I think every ten will be kind of a little milestone. You have forty well, fifty definitely is gonna be a big milestone. Fifty will be huge. Fifty is gonna be huge. <laughs> you think people are like, okay, we know what freaking episode it is. You don't have to make a big deal out of every I know episode. for a fact that they are like that because I've had multiple comments of being like, <laughs> Okay, well after you guys are done talking about which episode that you're on, then you could actually get into talking about nothing and then you can get into talking about yeah, your then topic. we could talk yeah, then we could talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, we'll move right, uh, right along. So, so yeah, move right along. Follow up from last week. That was super cool. Yeah, it was really cool. It was really cool. And a, what a really nice person. But um, yep. you know, I, I got to tell you, you know, it, it reminded me of. Remember when we talked about um, the bees? Mm-hmm. Okay, and do you remember how? And let's see, um, name Carden. The bees. Is it? Chelsea? Yeah. Okay. Chelsea uh, talked about that she was actually afraid of bees. To begin and, with, yeah. Yeah, and, and yet got drawn to working with them for a career, and now she loves yeah. them. So I thought about that a little bit, and I'm thinking, okay, you have that experience with hauntings, with ghosts, right? Yeah. Yep. Would you ever, you know, I mean, and, and I get it, you know, once you, I guess Christine felt very comfortable, and she she felt very confident she was never in danger, Right. Yeah. So with that being said, well, but I mean, you know, I I think the more she did it, she realized, okay, these entities are are not going to harm us physically. Right. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I got to say, would you ever want to do that on a regular basis? Mm, Well, the first thing that pops into my head is I ain't afraid of no ghost. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Um, but, But that being said, for real. No, I wouldn't. And I, 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 yeah, I don't, I don't, I, my dad, okay, so this is interesting. My dad said, um, a long time ago, remember, uh, you remember Heath Ledger? Yeah. Dark Knight, um, he kind of overdosed and he's kind of, they decided that maybe he was getting too far into his role of, yes. uh, uh, the Joker, whatnot, yep. right? My dad told me something when that happened that I've never, that I've always remembered, right? And so I've I've never tried to to move too far into that realm. He's like, yo, you know, he's you never believe into anything until it's too late for one and two. There's stuff out there you don't want to be messing with, and I agree with that completely. Uh, and I, so I, even it might be interesting, I might be intrigued. I I got no reason to mess with it. Well, the one thing that I was curious about was, um, you know, and I I think I asked her specifically about ghosts attaching themselves to something or, you mm-hmm. know, a place, you know, yeah. or something. I, cause I asked her specifically now, can they attach to a thing? And she said, yeah, well, what if that thing is you? Duh. I mean, seriously, I mean, I, I'm being completely serious. I mean, she, she, Christine felt that they can move around. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what if, what if they kind of took a shine to you as a person? Like she went and she played that soap opera for that one guy who was a serial killer. Right. 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 And he said, hey, thank you, or, or no, thank you. And I thought, and, and what if he follows you home? I mean, you know, what if it like, sounds like a movie. but these but, episodes, maybe. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. So and you're the, talking about Patrick Swayze. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you're talking no, about? No, wrong, wrong episode. No, oh, but oh, I mean, oh, but, oh, but oh. you know, I mean, and again, this, it sounds like the plot of a horror movie, but yeah, based on what she says, and she's our, she's our reigning paranormal expert, right? Yes. Yeah. They have freedom of movement, okay, yeah. and yes. they can attach themselves to certain things. Yeah. So no, I I completely I agree. Think... That's what I'm saying. I'm not messing with it because you're right. Because what if what if the and, and you have to believe that uh, a serial killer in in real life doesn't all of a sudden, oh, I'm actually a really good spirit. Yeah. Well, I, I don't. That's all. Yeah. That's all. I, I have no idea because. Yeah, that's a whole nother realm of it, isn't it? You know, what happens and when you when you pass, when you die, you right. know, are you truly the same person or are you somehow enlightened? And I don't right. know. That's a that's a whole nother I don't topic. know, but I'll tell you what. It's not making me want to go to a prison <laughs> with the off chance. You know what I mean? If all I have to do to avoid that situation is not spend the nine in a hundred prison, done. That's what I'll do. 
<laughs> okay, so I have kind of an interesting follow-up. Do you remember during our conversation with Christine, I mentioned the Indian burial ground that's on yes. the ranch? Okay. Yeah. So it. the other day, um, I'm going to say it was actually, I think I think it was the day after our podcast. So that had been last Thursday. <laughs> My wife and I are leaving the ranch and I look over and there is a big stone. And when I say big, I mean, it's probably... It's probably five and a half foot tall and six and a half foot wide, and it's it's very roundish. So it's a massive stone, and they yeah. they put it in place back in the early '60s, and they put a plaque on it to demarcate where the old fort used to be. Oh, okay. okay. And then the the burial ground is behind where the old fort was. Okay. Yeah. So I'm driving down the road, and I look over, and I see that big rock because you can <laughs> you know you can see it from a ways away, and there's yeah. something on it. There's something red. And floppy, like fabric. And and my wife says, well, I, I wonder if somebody left a jacket on it. Well, you got to understand it's in the middle of a field. You know, there's no, right. there's no reason for somebody to leave a jacket. So we drove over to there yeah. and somebody had placed this, it was like a cross wrapped with fabric. Okay. Almost, it was kind of a weird, it was big. What? And yeah, no, I'm being dead serious. And and it was it was kind of it was definitely in the shape of a cross or, or and and the first thing I thought of was like a scarecrow, but it was draped across the rock and it was a red a bright red fabric and then a blue fabric and it was tied in a way it was tied intentionally in this way, right? And then to the fabric yes, and the fabric held the sticks in place. There was two large sticks. Okay? Mm-hmm. And it was draped across this rock, and I'm like, okay, now what is all of that about? Uh, yeah, what is all of that about? I don't know. <laughs> Ask me <laughs> if I moved it. You left it there. <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah, well, I have no idea. That. Well, here's the deal. Okay, um, yeah. I here's my speculation, because yeah. there are uh, Native Americans buried there. I think yeah. I think it's a I think it's a tribal thing. Um, I don't know what it is, and I, I actually. I know some members of the Blackfeet tribe, and I'm going to reach out to them and ask them, but I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea what it was, but I, I yeah. left it there. I'm like, I'm not touching yeah. that. I'm not messing with it. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know what it is. The next thing you know, you turn on the TV, and, and it's all static, <laughs> and you know how the rest of the story goes. Next thing you know, my <laughs> wife is in the TV. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. so. And you're changing channels. <laughs> Try it. Come on, come on, come on. Ah. Where's the game? Where's 52 the game? channels, nothing but my wife. <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing, and, and truly, you, you have an experience like we had with Christine where you're just talking to yep. somebody, and she's a smart lady. She's got a yeah. great academic yeah. background, and I loved her yep. approach, a very academic approach to this, right, very data-driven. And yep. you hear her, and she's absolutely convinced. And it, it, to me, those are very hard arguments to ignore and to really go against. You know, she she feels very strongly, I heard what I heard, I saw what I saw, you know, and and she was just very matter-of-fact about, it, like, this is what we saw and this is what we heard. Yeah, it reminds me of Pete Townsend, a.k.a. Pete Howard, that it's um, the <laughs> same, you know, he basically, it's a take-it-or-leave-it approach. He, yeah, Neither is. of them were trying to convince us of anything. They were just saying, here's yeah, my retelling exactly. of this. Take it as it is. Which, yep. you know, at that point, you kind of got to go, okay, all right, all right. Yeah. Well, it, it, going it, to the basement by myself. It, it, it kind of puts you on that precipice of saying, do you believe or do you not believe? You know, and right. that's a tough one because, you know, we've talked openly about UFOs, right? And yes. I do believe in UFOs. I mean, I think the evidence is, I think it's at the point where I would consider it irrefutable. Now right. to say they're from different planets. I don't know, but we, we definitely know there are flying somethings around that we don't know what they yes. are. The ghost thing is really hard, yeah, you know, super and, tough. And I think it's probably a, as much of a social stigma as anything. I mean, yeah, to me, it well, seems that way. I, I, I agree that the hard part thing is, is that you can go back historically and there's ghosts in every yeah. single society. Yep. Absolutely. And, and for why, and you know what I mean in this? Uh, yeah. I mean, that kind of adds history. The historical context is, yeah, hmm, debatable. Why? Why would the, why would a ghost or the apparition or something like that? Why would that be something that's sustained in, in stories? Throughout well, history? It, it, you're know. right. It, you're right. And and there was one account, and I wish I would have thought of this before the show because I would have given you the specifics. But I remember reading one time that there was a a 
a large group of people um, that were witness to a battle that had been fought hundreds of years prior. They're out on, I think it was in the UK, and they were all on this big grassy knoll, and people would go there on the weekends to picnic, right? Yeah. And there's a lot of people there. And this is back, like I said, 1800s, something like that. And like, I don't know how many people, but many people watched this battle just appear and then disappear. And and that's the way the story is told. And I mean, again, there was no photographs. There was nothing. But you wonder why would so many people, um, you know, have the same illusion if it was an illusion. You know what I'm saying? It's just one of those stories that you go, I have no idea. Yeah, right. Exactly. When it, it easily one person just could have been like, no, what the is there? And none of that, none of that happened. I don't know what there that is. There was no battle. Get, uh, pass, <laughs> pass, taking place. pass me some chicken. I, I don't know yeah, what I just said. I, okay, you know. fine. <laughs> okay, whatever. Yeah, there was a battle. Well, I, I actually, I look forward to having Christine back. So it, it's a very interesting subject. So yeah. Um, okay, so for episode 40, uh, you had 40. a great idea. Um, yeah. T- tell us about your idea, Cardin. So this is what I was thinking. We both um, have this... Uh, this ability to nerd out on subjects. Mm-hmm. And I, I think a lot of us out there do. And actually, you know what? I think it's consistent across even um, the people that we have on as well, right? That we get, I would consider hyper-focused on kind of one um, thing. And we do a lot of research. We invest a lot of time into it. Mm-hmm. And whether or not that's something that we continue to do or it's just it's kind of a hobby or not, we do. We, we kind of hyper-focus on, on mm-hmm. things. So I, I yeah. thought it would be cool to kind of do this recurring episode where we talk about some of these things that we've got hyper-focused on, um, why maybe we got hyper-focused on it, why we, you know, spend so much time researching and things like that, and then just talk about the, the topic in, in general. Because I know sure. for a fact that you, you do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Guil- yeah. Guilty. Guilty. Yeah. Guilty. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Okay. And so you, you called it our nerd out a nerd episode. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Nerd I like out episode. Mm-hmm. I like it. And I it. can do this for a lot of different things, right? I can like a uh, perfect example. We were talking right before this about me trying to, to exhaust my um, bathroom vent mm-hmm. out of my soffit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I could easily spend the next, so I probably won't be able to touch it again until this weekend. So over the course of the next like three evenings, I could easily spend hours at a time watching videos of this happening. <laughs> looking at you know what i mean going yeah. really deep into okay well what should you do with uh, the insulation what's the proper way to vent right right uh what's the ducting that i should be using you right. know what kind of clamps should i be using to seal this what yeah. is there a benefit between what you know and i think that's a that's nerding out to a degree as well <laughs> <laughs> for sure because i don't know if most people would uh, spend the time and effort to do that and they have everything and they just put it together which makes which makes way more sense yeah, yeah. Well, no, I, I get it. So, so you did you did decide on a topic for tonight um, for your for your nerd out, and then I've got one as well. So, your topic for the nerd out tonight is what? Running. Oh, interesting. Yeah, which is uh, I didn't see that coming. No, if you would have um, asked me, I don't know when actually I started really running a ton. Uh, well, no, I do. So we trained, um, Jenna and I, when we first got married, I'm sure I've mentioned this before, trained and ran a marathon. Um, yes. So we yep. trained while we were um, engaged and then ran the marathon. Actually, the let's see, we were married in July and then we ran it in September. So um, after that, I didn't run for a little bit to let my body recoup, but that's when I kind of got the bug. Got the bug for distance. I kind of realized um, what I was capable of with running, um, technique and gear and all that stuff. And ever since, I've kind of consistently, it's a topic I've came back to in my my nerd outs. It, it, it's been a really positive thing in your life, hasn't it, Carden? Oh, it's been awesome. It really has been awesome. And I think more, I, two different things, right? It's a great outlet for me. Um, just to kind of be able to um, physically recenter. We talked about balance, um, especially um, in, the, in the physical realm. And I would definitely say that running is very um, centering for me. I feel excellent after a run. You know, of course, you have the endorphins and the runner's eye. All that's real. But I also just feel more in my mind. I feel more crisp and more clear. Sure. Um, and, and, you know, I just, uh, it, it's it's excellent. I, lo- I love doing it. So the, the mental health that's come from it has been amazing physical health of course because you know running is a great way to burn calories and stay in shape and and stuff like that but it's it's evolved um just from that into um 
much more of a hobby. And I think it's become, I, you know, I'm, I'm competitive and, and, um, I have this competitive edge. I like being, you know, playing even board games and stuff. I can get, um, probably more competitive than I should. Sure. Sure. But, um, but this is, it becomes a great, um, competitive outlet for me because I can compete against myself. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of the, the gear, um, and kind of the, the other aspects of running come in as far as, races and um you know uh, activity tracking watch, watches and, and and things of that nature so it's really become you know I, i've read articles on training you know i read um you know uh, magazines on, on the best running techniques um mm-hmm. fueling you know your run right. is what you should be eating right. um post and pre and you know i just and oh, even yeah. if i'm not implementing any of the stuff that i'm reading i just love reading about <laughs> it i think it's really interesting no there's a there's there's a lot to it and and i want to you know i want to share a quick story um related to what you're saying because i've never been a big runner right uh we've talked about it i i just never you know i i was a pole vaulter in high school um and even did it in college for a little bit and i just never really liked running long distances it just wasn't my thing so i did it because i had to um but yeah. as a strength and conditioning coach and instructor i you know used <laughs> i used running a lot you know for for people to get them in shape and athletes and stuff and the guy that sticks out to me the most um because he he exemplifies exactly what you're talking about. Um, his name was Dave, and he came to me. He was 52 years old, and he was a business owner, and he was a type A high stress, right? And he went to a doctor's appointment, and the doctor said, you need to find an outlet. You need to start exercising. Now, he wasn't overweight, but he was just wound like a clock, you know, he yeah. was, he yeah. was yeah. really... And he was kind of an OCD guy. He was a he was a mechanic. He had a really nice mechanic shop. And I am not exaggerating to say you could eat off the floor. It was impeccable, right? Yeah. And he, that was him. That was him to a T. So when he came in and wanted to get on a running program, um, he had never run before. He had never run before. Um, but like I said, he was not overweight and and he looked to be in decent shape. But you know, he said he wasn't. And long story short, he got involved with running and it overtook his life. And at age 52, by the time he was 53, he was winning 5K races. That's awesome. And then 10K races. And then he was doing half marathons. And then, I mean, Cardin, it completely transformed his life. And yeah, and it, it, running has the transformative power. I really do. And and we can say that about a lot of different things. Yeah. But for me, and probably this guy felt the exact same way, is that it's such an excellent out, outlet for, you know, because I have those kind of OCT um, anxious tendencies as well. But I'll tell mm-hmm. you what, after a run, I don't feel like that at all. Well, it, it is, you know, and then yeah. you chase that. You literally chase it not to have a pun with the running, but then you're chasing that um that same kind of calm and that same kind of peace through that you get through running. Well, for, for him, he described it as an, an outlet, right? And yeah. he made a comment to me one time and he was, he was dead serious. He said, you know, um, if I would have done this 20 years ago, uh, I'd still have my wife, you know? And because he, wow. he had no outlet. So guess what? This, this type A guy comes home from work and he's stressed out and who's he take it out on? Probably those around him. You know, oh, right. um, yeah. but, but it, it, it is in, in, in the way you're describing it, maybe not to that degree, but it, it, and, and we're talking about running because that's what you like, but exercise in general can have that general, effect for people, it does. you know, certainly it so, certainly does have that effect. So sure. yeah. And that's, that's, you know, that's what I found and I've tried, you know, I'm, I'm a, I like to do triathlons too. So at one point I was doing, I shouldn't say I like to do triathlons because full disclosure, I haven't done one yet. I've been, I've been signed up for two years, right? My first one was supposed to be 2020 and, uh, it got, of course, the, the COVID did. So it, we got moved um, to this year and then the same thing happened again. So I've, I've been right. signed up for two different triathlons over the course of two, actually four different triathlons for the course of two years and haven't been able to compete in any of them. And the, you know, races and stuff like that have gone virtual. You can't really do that with triathlon. It's not, it's not the same. Right. So I, I don't see there's any reason to do a, a virtual triathlon. I mean, I've done it 
like an independent triathlon, but I've never done one virtually. Right. So, um, I'm still waiting on that experience, but that being said, so I've done a lot of different cardio exercises, like the bike, you know, um, doing, um, uh, swimming and, and I, I like all of them, but I always gravitate back towards running and always do right. I find myself when the weather's nice is doing, <laughs> I almost have to force myself to not run mm-hmm. all the time because then I'm just, I'm wear down my body. You know okay. I mean? So, so Cardin, let's back up a little bit. Okay. So, so walk people through your program. How did you get started being a non-runner? You know, you didn't all of a sudden go from not being a runner to running marathons. So, so let's walk through, you know, the process that you took. Oh man. Okay. So uh, a big help in this process was basic training. <laughs> so, oh. uh, okay. Two so stints, actually, first of all, join of the army. <laughs> yes. Join the army. Number one. Well, okay. the, so I, we've talked about this before in my physical health, right? A yeah. great motivator for me was external and it was, um, the army. So my, my first goal for running, right. was passing a PD, PT test and that was just running two miles. And it's basically, you know, you run two miles flat out as fast as you can, and you've got to maintain a certain score mm-hmm. in order to, you know, continue to be in the army, right? So that's a pretty big, that, that that's a pretty big motivator. Uh, motivator. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's a pretty big motivator. So, and I was much like you that I hated um, kind of running when this all started. Um, I didn't, it didn't feel good. You know, it always, um, it always hurt my joints. It always kind of hurt my my back, I always, um, you know, my feet never felt right. You know what I mean? Um, so it was always just kind of a struggle just to get out there on the road in general. So I really had to fight through that to begin with. And I think another huge thing that happened was me kind of joining the army and deciding that I wanted to be, you know, not just pass this PT test, but do well on it was also, um, when we started doing track. So, right, right, right. right. So coaching track. Yes, exactly. Coaching track. And I was coaching more of the throwing events and, and things of that nature. I covered down on some, some jumping to high jumps and, mm-hmm. and, but I was able to see how you were training and how runners in general were training. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to look at some great runners and just look at form. And I think that was the very first time that I, I kind of went like, Oh, so there's a, there's a way you should be doing, you should be doing this. Right. Right. It's not just go out there and just <laughs> kind of go as hard as you can and see what comes out at the other no, side. And right? you know what? That's a great point. There, there is definitely ergonomics to running. Um, and a lot of people just say, oh, you just, you just run. And you know, if, if you're for a lot of people, um, they don't like running because it's not comfortable. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And, and there may be different reasons for that. But one of the things is that there is ergonomics to running, right? There's mm-hmm. posture. There's, there's, you know, even right. down to how your foot strikes the ground. You know, there's, yep. different, there's different ways of doing that to minimize impact and spread the impact yep. out. You know, you can run on your heel. Now there's uh, running flat-footed, that kind of thing. Yep. So, so, I mean, um, you know, there, there's a lot of things that people, when they first start running, they go, oh, you know, just this isn't for me. But but when you started, Cardin, let's talk specifically like distances. D- I mean, did you run a quarter mile and then walk? Did you? No, uh, yeah. I mean, when I, okay. So I would always, I, I also have this thing that, uh, you know, that's been great for running too, is you set goals and you try to you hit them. Right. And that's right. the one sure. thing with running is that I decided early that I have to run two miles. That is my PT test, right? So that's where I'm going to start. So no matter, um, I said, I will run two miles no matter how long it takes me. And that's where I'll begin. Now, um, I, I do have to say that, you know, rewind a little bit. I did run a half marathon on a whim in, um, in college. So I, I, I kind of knew that there were some capabilities that being said at the end of that half marathon, I was completely, I was destroyed. My feet were (laughs) absolutely destroyed. My, I, my hips and just everything hurt. Right. And that, and I think that's what I was like, okay, well that there you go. No need to run. Right. Fast forward three years and I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to run, run as fast as I can for these two miles. So I knew that physically I had some capabilities. Um, and it was a matter of, okay, to start out with, I'm doing two miles, no matter, I'm not worried about pace. I'm not worried about anything. I'm just run 
two miles every single time. And what I'm just going to get used to is running two miles, running two miles. And that, um, after, you know, I was in the national guard for seven years, running PT tests twice a week or excuse me, twice a year. And then pretty consistent ones on off drills and stuff like that too, was the absolute worst training that I could have possibly done. Oh, sure. Um, sure. But to start with, it was excellent because I could see gains, right? So even running two miles at a time, I could see my pace slowly, you know, kind of starting to drop a little bit. I got really used to that two mile time frame. I think there was a couple of times where I felt good enough that I went ahead and ran, you know, further than that. But in all reality, that was exactly where I started two miles at a time, two miles at a time, two miles mm-hmm. at a time. Cause mm-hmm. then I just got comfortable doing that distance and I could, for lack of a better word, just kind of knock it out. And I, and, and, th- and then that way I wasn't worried anymore about like the PT test. Right. And so that kind of opened up a whole new Avenue. Yeah. Does that make sense? So oh, once absolutely. I, hit, once I yep. hit my marker, I realized, okay, so now I don't have to be so like hyper-focused on this two mile mark. Cause I know that I can make my goal for that. Sure. And now, now we can kind of open up things, open up some additional avenues of running. And actually through that was when I really started realizing um, you know, I did the research on form. I started looking more at, um, shoes in general, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. just realizing like, I can't just throw on any pair of shoes and go out there. Um, you know, I had some foot issues that I was able to, to take a closer look at, mm-hmm. um, some form issues, you know, that once I resolved that running didn't hurt as much as it did before. Right. Uh, I think I was slowly able to bring my cardio up to a, a spot that I could enjoy a run instead of just kind of. Right pant through well, one, you and, know what I and mean? And that's a, that's a huge thing. And, you know, and most people are not going to be able to just start out and run two miles. I mean, uh, it, you know, that's just right. not realistic, but you can, you can, you know, you can gauge that however you want for, for the particular individual, right? In yeah. other words, it might be a hundred yards. It might be a hundred feet. It doesn't really yeah. matter. You, and, and the running part you know, and this has come under some scrutiny by the scientific community about, well, do you have to run to get the benefit? And, you know, can you can you walk at a fast pace? It really depends on what you want to do. If you want to be yeah. a runner, you got to run. You know, if you want to yeah. run a 5K, you need to run. If it's yep. just to get exercise, no, you don't have to run because a lot of people are just frankly not built for running initially, right? True. Um, yep. And if they have pre-existing Injuries, you know, if they're if they already have some bad knees or bad ankles, running is contraindicated for for some people. Um, and, and to be honest with you, probably the constant pounding on your knees and ankles, anyways, is probably not the best thing in the long run. N- no, it's not. Right. And, and we've talked about that before, where yep. some of the people I worked with um, were avid runners for years. And matter of fact, uh, we had that conversation with Jesse Cook. Right. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. when he was on the podcast for the sleep, he's a, he's an ultra marathoner, right? He runs a hundred yep. miles at a whack. And I've personally taken care of, um, people that through running have worn out their joints, their hips, <laughs> right. their knees, their ankles. And yeah. you think, well, how's that possible? But you know, in the seventies and eighties, especially the, the seventies, the footwear wasn't very good. And the running thing was a fairly new phenomenon. And people put on mileage like you can't believe. I mean, they were running 60, 70, 80 miles a week. Right. Every, in, every week. In addition, in addition to that, when you get the buck, you get the buck. Right. right. Because right. there's something to be said, even for me at this point now. I vary my cardio to make sure I'm not running all the time. But it is... I have to physically think about, okay, tomorrow I am not running or like, you know, my knees hurt a little bit. I should probably take tomorrow off from running. And honestly, there'll be days where I'll go out and run anyways, even when I'm, yeah. you can kind of feeling like that. You think, well, I'll get out there. I'll get loosened up and feel okay. Because you don't, I, and, and for me personally, I don't get the same level of what I'm trying to achieve cardiovascular wise, kind of mentally, um, pushing yourself, the motivation, the internal, um, the intrinsic kind of reward that you get in any other cardio that I've seen a little bit in, um, in, um, swimming, but also swimming, you kind of get this kind of isolated where you're, where you're, you're almost in a sensory deprivation tank, right? Yeah. So there's, there's really hard for you to take yourself out of the sport that you're doing. Like when you're swimming, because of the fact that you don't breathe underwater, you have to be really focused on like your breathing and your movements and all that stuff. So you're constantly thinking like with the running, 
if I'm having a good run, there's times where I'll not even realize that a mile has gone by. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Or like Absolutely. N- not yeah. even notice like, man, I'm feeling really great. Things are very good. And you look down and you're, oh, I can't even realize I've been going for this long. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. And I, I, I just don't see that much in other, in other cardio that I've experienced. And it's been, it's just been that has, that alone has been a huge motivator for me to, you know, push myself to the next level of, of doing the races and kind of setting this, you know, I'm not competitive. It's just so, it's awesome to be able to say that I've done this or, you know, I, I just enjoy it so much. So why not continue to push myself? And it's almost exactly, it's funny you would bring up Jesse Cook, because that's pretty much exactly what he said too. The next thing you know, you're going, okay, well, if I can do that, then I should be able right. to do this, right? So now it's right. And, this and like, my yeah, counter you, was that at a certain point, the question isn't "can I?" It's "should you?" Yes. Uh, and I shared the story of the of the the heart surgeon that was an avid runner. He, matter of fact, I think he had done five Ironman triathlons, and he was the one that came to the conclusion that in in some cases you can do more damage than good, right? pushing yourself to such extremes can have a serious cost, right? But, but, th- but those are, but those are outliers, right? We're talking extreme, extreme. you know? Yeah. And I'm not there yet. No. And also, in, in <laughs> not, addition not many to people that, are. Too, you, physically you think about it, but also, and this is something that, that Jenna and I talk about a lot was, man, it, it, you know, it was fun training. We had some terrible days. I can specifically remember like two or three runs that I uh, should have just, you know, they were terrible absolutely terrible and you know you're like when you're staring down a 19 mile run and your first step is awful it yeah those runs are just absolutely killer but there it was you know it was great time for us and it was a lot of fun but you it's such a time commitment it is a a massive time commitment to be to train and to run that much so not that level when you're running that much but also just like the amount of time that you have to invest to be able to do it is is pretty is big. You know what I mean? Well, sure, absolutely. And, and when you're trying and, to and, balance, and I think, like we've said, everything. And I, and I think it's important to point out there's degrees of this, right? You don't, right. you know, if somebody wants to get into running to get into better shape and because maybe they've just always wanted to run, you don't have to run a half marathon. I mean, you can, that's, you know, and actually what I was going to say earlier was the running community was very smart in how they kind of quote unquote marketed running. Um, all of the races they put on, there's a reason for that. And it is to give people incentive, right? These events. And it's not so much about beating other people in competition. It's it's a place to kind of showcase your improvement, right? Because um, the, the vast majority of people that enter a race lose. Right. There's one winner oh, out yeah, of, and certainly. some of these races have hundreds, if not thousands of people. It's not about right. winning. It's about no. improving. And, yes. and that is right. an awesome, you know, there's this awesome community in running that it, you know, it probably exists in other events and sports, but it's very prominent in running. Um, that you have all these people come together at these events and there's a real, you know, camaraderie there and supportive network and stuff. And it's a cool, it is really a cool thing. And you watch that and people say, you know what, I want to be a part of that. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I, the entry ticket the, you, is run, you know? Yeah, exactly right. Just run. And I think it, it, you, you bring up the improving. And I think a lot of, especially when I talk to a lot of runners, it's like, it, it, it's a proving aspect too, where somebody goes, okay. I'm, I'm entering myself in this 10 K I've never ran more than five miles, but in three months I have, I have entered into a race that I have to run six. Mm -hmm. And, and so now, you know, it's there and I'm not going to not do it. You know what I mean? So it's a great motivator for people to, to move and to break on to that, that next step. And, 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 and additionally, when you go to these running events, it is amazing the amount of people that are there and the um just the wide diversity of people absolutely you know yep. age and where they're at and training or any kind of level or anything like that every you know some people come and walk the entire thing which is still i think incredible um and and but everyone's there on the same level it's just it's just a it's just yep. a really cool event to be a part of yeah. and as a runner it's just it's it's a heck of a lot of fun you know to it just helps to to see other people and it motivates you you know it's a well absolutely motivator. absolutely and you know i i've never told you this but i ran a 5k and oh did you really yes my it was actually my sister got into running 
And she asked me if I would run in a race with her just because she didn't want to run it by herself and nobody else would run it with her. And I said, yeah, I'll do it. Um, now you got to understand, I, I didn't train, but I've always, okay. So full disclosure, um, I don't run, but I exercise and I've always used running a mile is kind of my litmus. In other words, I won't run for a long time, months and months and months. And then I'll jump on a treadmill or get on a track and I'll run a mile and I just want to make sure I can still do it. That was my litmus test that my cardio was still okay, right? And okay. so, I, I yeah, mean, I knew I, could, sense, yeah. I knew I could run a mile. Well, a 5K is what, 3 point, what is it, 3.6? 3.1, okay, there you go. Yeah. And so I hadn't done that for, you know, I hadn't run three miles for a long time. So I was a little apprehensive because of the same thing, what you just said, you know, you, you haven't done it for a while. And I, and yeah. with my, with my background in sports medicine, I'm like, I'm going to get tendonitis. I'm going to, you know, get plantar fasciitis, all this stuff, you know, yeah. cause, right. cause right. you're not used to doing it. Well, anyway, long story short, ran it. It was actually a lot easier than I thought. I ended up, it was kind of funny because there were some hills, right? Oh, and man. we're running up this hill, and my sister, I feel her grab onto my waistband, and she's, <laughs> and I'm, I'm pulling her up this hill. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Let go of me, you know? Get off of me! And yeah. I paced myself with her because as I got going, it's like I kind of caught my second wind, and I was like, okay. And I started like leaving the runner, and she's like, hey, 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 you know, I invited you, <laughs> don't, don't yeah, leave me. Yeah, come on now. So, come on now. but it, but it, but it is fun, and and just for that day, I was part of this big group, and it it is yes. it is it is awesome, and. To your point about people walking, absolutely, there was people that would would walk jog. We call it wogging, right? You're kind of a walk wogging, jog, yeah, yeah wogging. wogging yeah. And they would run and then walk, and then I mean, who cares? People are there just for the same reason: is to get exactly, out and right. to enjoy it and things like that. Um, so, okay, so so you you've made this journey, right? Yeah, have you yeah. inspired other people? Like, have you gotten friends into running? Have you have you kind of um, made this contagious to other people? Yeah, I, I would, I would, I would say so, especially in the national guard, uh, just my position as kind of an officer, you kind of end up being, a, I wouldn't say it like a go-to, but you know, you're, you're kind of leading whatever people and, sure. uh, uh, just through my running and the research and everything that I've done, I've really, um, took, um, actually at many times was developing running plans for people that were failing their PT tests, you know, um, okay, this is what you should be doing in the off season. Don't, you know, don't start, um, interval training. I always harped on a lot, especially for the, the two mile, just doing even 60 on 60 off 60 seconds on 60 seconds off and, um, 60 one twenties or even just to begin with. Um, and either way, yes. So I, I had this, uh, I wouldn't say group of people, but I always end up, especially when it came to PT test time, ended up talking, running to a lot of people that weren't, um, you, you can tell the people that don't enjoy it for mm -hmm. one and for mm -hmm. two you can tell the people that it hurts right right so you know making simple uh, uh suggestions of just even like footwear like man you need to be having different shoes of course this is going to kill you these shoes there's nothing to them so or so cardin how how did you learn that did you go online do you use the yeah, internet a lot totally. to learn yep. okay yeah yeah and I, and i would just read mass amounts of articles and then once i started getting into I would say longer distances. And there was a while there where every Monday I was running 10 miles. And when, when that was happening, I was really looking at gear, um, watches and, and, um, and, uh, shoes and that kind of spiraled directly into, you know, okay, well, who's wearing these shoes and, right. um, how are they training and, you know, the, all of that. And it's just, you, you know how it is. It's with, it's with any sport. There's so much out there. There's absolute, right. just right. a ton. So I, you know, I did, I, I would read articles. I just loved it. I loved reading articles on, um, you know, the interval trainings. Um, just recently I've, I read a lot, um, about heart rate training as opposed to any kind of distance mm -hmm. training mm -hmm. about, you know, making sure that you're doing runs that don't necessarily correlate to distance or pace, but correlate specifically intensity. to times in your heart rate. Yep. Um, so you should have some uh, high intensity ones in there and then you should have some medium intensities and then kind of doing recovery runs that aren't runs that revolve around any of high intensity or anything at all, but that maintain kind of like a recovery heart rate through the, mm -hmm. the whole thing. So it really forces you to pull your pace back and kind of, you know, just reading the benefits of that and, and, sure. and stuff like sure. that. Well, I just, find, I just yeah. find it fascinating because I can do it, you know, that next week I just go out and I'm like, okay, let's, let's try to do 
like heart rate um, um, based training this week and, and see what that does and the benefit and, and all of that. Well, I know that uh, runner's world, and this is an old statistic because I, I don't know what it is now, but they used to have a subscription and I believe it was close to 500,000 um, subscribers. Um, oh, and I, sure and I think that's there. a, I get it. I, is is I, that a I, monthly? I, uh, no, no. I think they do it. Uh, it might be bi-monthly at this point. Okay. But yeah. It's, okay. yeah, but I, I get it and I love reading those articles, yeah, but I'm, and, I'm also a gear junkie, right? right. So I love looking at, I love looking at the watches and, and I can sit <laughs> and my Jenna just said this the other day, like somebody who was over talking about a new pair of trail running shoes they got. And I was like, Oh, you don't say, Oh, that I, yeah. So that's a, you know, this kind of drop and uh, it's good cause you have this underneath and, and Jenna was just like, I just tune out when he starts talking about shoes. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, I just love talking about it. And to yeah. the point where we've even talked about me, you know, wanting to open up a running shop. Yeah. I mean, when we talked about the entrepreneurship yeah. that, it, you know, it would be awesome for me to sit with in a store that was all running gear and every person that was going in, I could just talk to about running shoes yeah. and gear and stuff like that. Man, that was, uh, I, 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 I just love it. Honestly, well, I geez, just love man, it. So I, it's so easy should, to nerd out. Well, it, yeah. And, and if you have that much, um, gosh, you know, that's, that's, you have a lot of passion for it. So, um, you should, you know, what you should do card and get a part-time job on weekends at a running, yeah. at a, don't yeah, open your own store. In all my spare time. I barely <laughs> yeah. have spare time enough to run right now, let alone have a part-time job where I'm selling running gear. That would be just set up a little shop on the side yeah. of the road. Well, but and, you know, what's, this uh, is what's fun about running too. And okay. the races thing, right. But also is there's always motivators that are out there. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. I, in the back of my head, even though I'm not, not anywhere close, you know, I still have this bucket list of, of runs and races that that I want to do, um, you know, a full Ironman. I, I don't want to do like a thousand of them, but doing one of them, I want to do that. I think that would be awesome. And if I get good enough to qualify for the Kona one, then I would for sure go and do the 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 Kona one, uh, which would be so cool to do the the swim in the ocean and then come out and and kind of do that whole race. And that's another thing that I can do for a long time is watch videos of, of yeah. those Kona races. I, I just think it's, it's incredible. Well, it, it uh, is, it, it's, it's amazing. And, and even when I was coaching people and athletes, it's amazing what people can achieve just by yes. flat out hard work, you know? Yep. And, and like you said, the time, you know, um, yep. but, but it is, it's amazing. And, and, you know, to any of us that watch on the side, you know, you go, Oh, I could never do that. But in, in, you couldn't, unless you try. Right. And sure. it takes time. And, you know, as a, as a sports medicine guy, you know, there, there was this list of things, you know, when you're trying a new activity, you got to make sure. And, and it is, it's, it's very true because especially with, with things like running or lifting weights, you know, when you first start, don't, don't kill yourself. There's no benefit whatsoever. Matter of fact, 99.9% of the time, it does more harm than good, even yeah. if it's just emotionally and mentally to go yeah. in and kill yourself when you first start, you know? Yep. Um, yep. And they've, they've proven 100%. It does not accelerate improvement to go kill yourself initially, right? No. You know, no. kind of wait in. And, and there's, you know, and I'm, I'm sure that, that you've dealt with injuries, um, yep. you know, totally. and, yep. and there's, there's a lot of things to consider when you're starting a new activity. So, so my advice from the, the medical thing would be, um, preventatively is start out nice and easy and listen to your body. You know, there, mm-hmm. there's a difference between soreness and pain. And what I used to tell, you know, people is soreness is something you would expect to have after, you know, the activity you've done, right? If you yeah. have a, a, a tough run, you know, and you get up the next morning, you've got some soreness, right? Your, your muscles may be a little sore, your joints, but it's, it's, it's something that's familiar and it's almost expected. Same with weightlifting. Pain is something that is completely different. It's your body's way of saying something's wrong, right? Yeah. Um, right. And, and you remember the no pain, no gain thing. I'm, I'm pretty sure yeah. that that hurt a yeah. lot more people than it helped, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. W- what it should have said is no discomfort, no gain, right? Yeah. The, you know, because it, it is uncomfortable to, to push yourself into that threshold of, of real is, work. Yeah. And like it you is. said, intensity, right? Yes. Um, yeah. But, but I really do caution people and, and I'm sure, you know, you can share some of your stories of, of injury, but you, you want to be very, you know, careful when you start new, 
new activities, especially running, because again, for people that have been sedentary, um, you can get injured. So you you just got to have a plan in in what you outlined earlier about mapping out a strategy. You know, Um, it's, it's very important. Yeah. And, and, and listening to your body is so important. Um, and especially there, there is so, there's a tremendous amount of information about out there when you are in a stage of discomfort of what you can do to keep it basically a discomfort or to, uh, ease some of that discomfort without it moving into pain. Mm-hmm. Cause there's a lot of injuries that happen as a result of pushing beyond discomfort because the discomfort is your body for saying like, Oh, this is not right. You're doing something wrong. And then you continue mm-hmm. to push it. And then all of a sudden you're injured. Right. Right. When there is pretty much for running it, anything. So I've dealt with runner's knees. Um, I've dealt with, uh, my foot. I mean, I've, I've had terrible foot issues that I've worked through. Now when you, when you say your foot, was it like plantar fasciitis? Under, under no, the- no, it was never that. It was just a predisposition for a Taylor's bunion, which is actually the outside of my foot. Um, and this, is just because of purely genetics my mom has the exact same thing so Mm -hmm. um, a lot of what was happening in the shoes that i was wearing is they were way too narrow so what was ended up happening is that that portion of my foot was actually striking on the outside of my um of the sole right so um to the point where i wasn't running i mean i uh, had had to take a ton of time off because just to get my foot to, to heal and every single time that i was you know, trying to run again, it was just flared up tremendously. I couldn't run more than a mile at a time, mm-hmm. which was infuriating. It was terrible. Um, but uh, change of shoes, a little bit of time off and re-attack and, you know, everything was great after that. But my biggest hurdle to get over was myself because mm-hmm. I wouldn't allow myself to properly heal. Right. And well, I also it- wouldn't allow myself to, to really... Um, get a good pair of shoes that actually were wide right. enough and, and fit my foot. Um, so yeah, that was, that was, that was difficult for sure. Well, and the general philosophy used to be with footwear is you, you want, especially running shoes, you want them about a half a size too big. Yep. You want a little bit of room in there. You, you know, now when you're a sprinter and you have, you know, spikes, track spikes on, yeah, they want you, it's like you wedge your foot in there. But, uh, but, but for running, especially like road running, trail running and stuff, you want your foot to actually fit the shoe. You don't want it too tight. Um, well, yeah, because what you don't think about is the, the amount of pounding that you do, your foot's actually going to swell throughout. Oh, absolutely. So you're, you're going to end up with, <laughs> by the time your runs over, you're going to end up with a bigger foot. That's right. basically how it comes down. Right? right. So if it's, if it's too close to begin with or too, too tight to begin with, it's, it's only going to get worse as the run goes on. Right. Um, and especially looking at, um, tightness of, of lacing, you know, I've gone as far as to, as, you know, looking at the lacing and how you lace up your shoes and, and different techniques to do that, that, that help. I won't buy a shoe without a heel hook anymore mm-hmm, on mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. Um, to keep my heel locked into place and it keeps my whole foot back and it ends up keeping your foot where it needs to be actually in your shoe so that you're not moving so much in your heel if, if it does strike it's striking right. in the wrong position which creates discomfort and then your forefoot is doing the exact same thing and your midfoot's not where your arch should be which you know right. creates issues especially when you're you're doing a, a size that's a little bit too big you have a lot of m- movement in your toe box which you you know you want to make sure that heels locked in so that you're not moving everything out of where it should be and striking in the shoe, um, the wrong way. Right. Um, so I've done a ton of research on that and, uh, stay, have stayed away from injury, you know, up, up to this point. Now, yeah, now I, did you, did you have, or have you ever dealt with shin splints? No, I never have. I yeah, never cause have. that's, that's a very common one, especially for it where it happens a lot is when people run on asphalt and sidewalks, you know, really oh, hard. Pounding. Yeah. Um, and, and again, typically, you know, preventatively it's start out slow and, and actually a lot of people will recommend running on a softer surface, like an all weather track or even a football field or at the park, you know, something, you know, we were talking earlier, you made a comment about all that running can't be hard on, or it can't be good for your joints. And especially, you know, when it's magnified by running on something like concrete, you know, yeah, we're just completely pounding the entire time. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. And then couple that with, like you were saying, the footwear. Now, one thing I used to recommend, Cardin, and I don't know if you've tried it, um, but it was, it was always kind of ironic to me that you could buy a $160 pair of running shoes and you'd pull out this little floppy, cheap insole, right? 
Oh yeah, yeah they didn't put in money it. into the, the the money was not in the insole. So no. there are several companies out there that make good substitute insoles, and the the gel insoles, um, you know, unless you've used them, even for people, I, I even if you're not a runner. Okay. If you if you ever feel like, you know, my shoes are not very comfortable, it feels like I'm walking, it's hard, or, you know, just you have um, even plantar fasciitis, it, it can be very helpful to swap out the insoles of your shoes. Um, yeah. And Dr. Scholl's make, I mean, there's a lot of companies. Um, Thule's, uh, there's a company called Metadyne that makes a product called Thule's, um, and they're, they're fantastic. Um, and so all my track runners, I always, just anybody, even if you're not even a runner, if you're just a person who walks around, you know, seriously, give a look at a decent pair of insoles for your feet because they make a huge difference. Yeah, certainly. And and I think new technology, and I think the way that even shoes are moving towards is, is more cushion and figuring out how they can, especially with the the innovations that they've done with um, new materials that can remain light. It used to be that the more cushion you had, the heavier your shoe was, right? right? But as of late, with the innovation that comes out, it's really not the case. You can get a very well cushioned shoe that still remains very light and has the ability to kind of barely feel like it's on your foot. Yeah. Um. Without without sacrificing much, you know, yeah. you're you're always going to have some, and, the, and you know, there's differences. <laughs> this is stuff that I had no idea. There's differences of. Um, shoes of what you do and for the training that you work out, you know, mm-hmm. if you, if you know, doing sprint workouts or if you're doing pace or you're doing your tempo runs, that's going to be a different shoe than for, if you're doing your long runs. Now for me, I'm not to that level, right? So for me, I just find a good, comfortable everyday runner. That's got plenty of cushion, mm-hmm. um, that I can, if I want to do tempo, it's still lightweight enough that I can do a tempo or a pace run and feel great. Or if I want to do a longer distance run, at a slower pace still feels good as well. Right. So I, mm-hmm. I'm always trying to find the, the perfect kind of all weather, all runner shoe, but there's a ton of people out there that are switching shoes every day based upon yeah. what, what kind of running they're doing. Well, and I, and I, I don't know with, you know, it's been a while since I've, I've been in the mix of it with, um, training runners and stuff, but it used to be most runners were swapping out their shoes every three to six months, depending on mileage. Okay. Depending now, mileage, yeah. and that, and then that's one thing that that people need to know is um, even though the shoe may look okay, they do break down after a while. So, you know, and that's one thing that's nice about the insoles is generally they don't, and you can pop those out and put them in a new pair of shoes, and you still have more life in them. But and, and take them to go. Certainly. Yeah, and that's that, that's a definitely a thing that I learned too is the life of a running shoe. You know, and I I get so ingrained. I like to do the same thing every time, right? Especially when I'm running. So it's really hard for me and I, I hit this period where every single shoe that I was was finding and was just loved and Brooks um, has great running shoes but they have a tendency to do this more than other brands that, mm-hmm. from what I've seen mm-hmm. that they come out with this this um, line and then it it, it just all of a sudden it disappears, you know, it'll go through six or seven iterations and be gone. Right. So there is a year or almost a year and a half where every shoe that I found that I was like, this is my running shoe. I'm not running with anything else. Yeah. It's gone. They didn't come out with a new iteration <laughs> and you couldn't find the old one. Like I could oh, find yeah. an old one for like 250 off it. Like it's, the scary website the not worth the risk you know yeah and and uh which w- was difficult but it took me a long time to start really tracking okay how much mileage am i actually and you know i'm a bigger guy so i i pound on my shoes so they don't last as long for me as they will for other mm-hmm. other people but definitely tracking my mileage and that with you know the garment helps with all that for me to really be cognizant of how many miles i'm putting on my running sure. shoes because when i'm starting to feel pain and stuff like that then i can go okay where am I at with my shoes? And right. maybe it's a result of having just poor footwear. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, buddy, that's, that's, uh, very, very interesting. And, um, I can just, I mean, you just, you're so bubbly when you talk about running. It's just so, <laughs> I can't bubbly. believe we just talked an hour about that. We were supposed to do, we were both supposed to do one. <laughs> no, but, no, no, uh, no, 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 that's uh, fine. Um, well, so, so, um, I guess before we just get off any final thoughts on it, but I mean, it was, it was very interesting. Yes. I, I, this is my final thought on it is that, um, just like anything, 
um, it, it, it sometimes, um, it takes a while to get into, but my, my philosophy is, is I consider it baselining, which is when I've, uh, achieved a certain milestone or even when I was running for, you know, to make sure I was passing my PT test. Um, when I achieved a certain milestone that I tried to turn that milestone into a baseline, meaning that it, at any given time, I felt like I could go back to that you know? Mm -hmm. So I still maintain that for distance and for pace and stuff like that. So I try to, um, I I think that's just good motivator. It's a good training. Hey, I was able to do this, um, at this point. And I want to, I want to set this as a baseline for myself so that I'm not, um, I'm not regressing. You know, I'm always trying to, trying to progress or at least stay where I'm at. Cause sometimes I'm just like, I just like where I'm at. This is perfect. Um, but I want to be able to at least be consistent here. And then if I get into a training, cause I'm doing some kind of race or something, then I can kind of maybe pick that up and then use the baselining for that. But, um, just it, 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 and that's all great. But that being said, I guess the real thing for me about running is the, uh, is the, the physical, of course, um, benefits, but just the mental benefits that I've received from it as well. It's really become mm-hmm. a way, um, just to, to cathartic and just be, um, be centered. And it's, it's been great. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to run the rest of my life. Well, good. I, and I hope you're able to, if my knees can make it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope you don't pound your joints into oblivion to dust. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, so do I. Uh, yeah, I well, uh, okay. So, so because uh, because it was your nerd out, Cardin, you, uh, you do you want to introduce the the monkey moment? Oh, yeah, I do. Let me get into my. <laughs> See, I can't do it. See, it's always on the second part that I, start, I just lose it. I feel like I'm there. That's all right. Uh, you know, it's 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 monkeys. it's episodes like this. We really need to have just an auto monkey. We'll just we'll just get yeah, a recording. We we'll just get a recording. Um, yeah, okay, so so I thought about this um, okay. monkey moment question. I haven't we haven't discussed this, but if you were to pick one thing to be really good at, Ooh. okay, really good at, not necessarily the best, but maybe one of the best, but you can only have one thing. What would it be? Oh man. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. Uh, I think, Oh, that would, that's tough. <laughs> that's tough. Okay. So, so some of my initial thoughts, I don't think it would be running, you know, cause I just, I just enjoy it so much, but, um, I, I think, and it's so varied too. So it would be tough to determine what well, you're the best marathoner. You're the best hundred meter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm leaning towards two different things. One is, um, uh, guitarist. Oh, be really good. You know, just be able to, to shred and be yeah. really good at guitar. That would be awesome. Uh, and just the, the, be the ability to take everything that you have in your head and be able to put it right down, um, and hear it. That would be awesome. Yes. Or, um, or like a, like a writer. I think it'd be really cool to write a really, good novel oh yeah yeah well and if you're one of the best you could pump out a bunch of no- i mean look at stephen yeah, king for crying out, out. oh man yeah exactly. do you, do you consider that. stephen king a good author because yeah I've, I've i read, mean um, he, he's I, obviously I've read a ton of his books and they're great obviously. well he's he's obviously very commercially successful i'm just curious do he you is. personally feel he's a good author i personally feel like he's a great author and i've liked every book that i've read and i've read his you know his staples the mm-hmm. it and i've read um the stand and you know some of his lesser knowns like tommy knocker and yeah i've I, every book that i've read by him i have thoroughly enjoyed yes mm. that's interesting and he i don't i feel like he's not like a he's not like a pop fiction his writing is 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 really good um and his characters are great i think there's a lot of pop fiction out there that's just like you know, here's your kind of templated characters, throw them into a mm-hmm. situation and let them run. Um, I don't think he does that at all. He, hmm. he, I, I, I really enjoyed everything he's written. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Um, okay, what about you? What about you? Well, you know, I, this is tough for me because I have a lot of, I have a lot of interests. Um, you do? As, <laughs> as we've <laughs> talked about. Um, but one thing that, that I've dabbled in um, is songwriting. And... Yes. Here, here's the thing. When, when I think about something to be really good at, I'm thinking, how do I, how do I like make a mark and, and leave something behind for people to enjoy, right? And I, I've thought of art. 
you know, which does that. I mean, here, look at, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years later, the Mona Lisa and, you know, Renoir's. And, and I mean, there's just so many different artists that, you know, hopefully that work will just will last, you know, as long as we're here. But, right. but the same is said for music. And it, it's just music has always fascinated me by the, the, the kind of experience that it, it, it puts us through. Right. When you yes. hear something, whether it's something that it's a flashback, oh, I remember this song from this, or this song makes me think of this. But it's just that that it influence and that impact that music can have, you know. Yes. And yeah. it's it's no surprise that some songwriters, even if they don't sing the music, are very successful because they're very good at what they do and they know how to kind of make those connections with people through music. Yeah. Right. And yeah. the thing about music, which, you know, I, I didn't appreciate until I really started to you know, learn more, especially with guitar, is there is a science there. You know, it's mm -hmm. not a science of numbers so much, but I mean, people that truly understand music and, and it's, you know, you, you mentioned when you run it, it's just effortless. And I've, I've seen people that are so familiar with music and making music, it's that, you know, they can do it effortlessly, it appears. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's what I would, you know, that, that is something that I would, I would love to be able to do um, is to be able to create and not just a song, you know, which would be awesome to make one, but, but the ability yep. to produce many songs, you know, yeah. um, and hopefully that that music will never die. That'll always be around. Yeah, that would be, uh, yeah, I agree with you on that one. That would be very, very cool. In fact, we should take an episode sometime, get in person and, and write a song. <laughs> that's our, that's our podcast. Hey, we did that. We did that, Cardin. And uh, I should, I should, uh, I should unleash that. Oh, yeah. She loves me. Do you remember that song, Cardin? Uh, I don't think so. I don't. Yes, you do. Yeah. Uh, okay, I might. Uh, but we well, should do a new song, not yeah. that one. <laughs> yeah, but we now that we've, we've mentioned we've written, it, we've we've got a couple of songs we've done together. Yeah, we, we have had a few actually. Yes, we have. And but now that we've talked about "She Loves Me," Carden, we we have to play it at some point. So we'll, I don't, I don't, rem I don't think that. I don't yeah. even remember well, anything about it. Um, okay, so looking forward to next week, we have a guest. John Meach is going to um, join us, and he is a very interesting guy. He's a, a published author, and he's a, a he does a lot of speaking. And his forte is is business and business development. Again, um, kind of an expansion on what we've talked about. Now he was supposed to be here actually right after we did our um, starting a business episode, but we had a conflict. Um, so he's going to be with us next week to talk about just, you know, all the aspects of starting a business and, and, you know, things to keep in mind to do it successfully. So I'm, I'm actually really excited to talk to him about that. Yeah, that'll be very cool. It'll be interesting to, to talk with him. And I need to make a correction cause I felt terrible. Um, when I, when I was talking about the bees, right. Do you remember Scarlet. that? Yes. It's Scarlet. Dr. I felt, Howard, yeah. Yes. I felt terrible. Uh, so um, Chelsea was uh, our tornado expert. Chaser. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And, it, you know, I, I wonder with, um, like, Ida, right, I wonder if Chelsea was able to make it down there. Because she said, oh, to get I, yeah, she always wanted to see a hurricane. So we'll have to reach out to her. Cool. That would be one to see. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, well, buddy, uh, until next week, episode 40 is in the books. In the books. Okay. And next week, John Meach is here. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, excited. Okay. Great. All right. Until next time, Cardin, good night. Good night, Larry.